Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. John Wick, Jason Bourne, or the accountant. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Thank you for not making unbroken eye contact with me when you did it this time. Oh, I was looking at you. I was looking at the screen. <laughs> so I was making eye contact, just not eye contact you could tell. That's happening. fine. Auditions are going to be weird for that when they're on Zoom now. You know what I mean? Mm. It's weird to like to to for act opposite someone. Yeah, to act opposite someone when you can't look. You both cannot look in each other's eyes. That's true. That's true. Because I have you positioned mm-hmm. just to go a little inside baseball for our listeners. You are right under the camera. Yeah. So I'm looking at the camera right now, and now I'm looking in your eyes. Oh, how different! Right. Is look that? deep into my eyes. It's not terribly deep different, but you're also wearing you. glasses. That's true. You can't say. So wait, there's here. a okay. bit of a. Looking well, now camera. you can't see anything. Now you look like Eugene Levy in Waiting for Guffman. It was the smell of salt <laughs> water. <laughs> Hi, Hal. Hello. It's nice to see you. For We've been seeing each other for a little while tonight because we just got off of playing bar trivia, Broadway edition King Trivia. Well, we were supposed to record this yesterday, which was a Sunday. I should mm-hmm. say, you know, what's something we've been doing with Good Morning Night Vale that I think makes sense is giving people context. This is being recorded on Monday, June 29th, 2020. This will be out way later than that. Mm-hmm. Because the world changes on a daily basis right now. Exactly. Who knows where we'll, where people will be listening or what will be happening. But we, we were supposed to record yesterday, which was Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I, I stayed up too late and then woke up at like <laughs> noon. It was like, Hey, can we just record? Can we record tomorrow? He said, yes, but you have to come if you do this with me. We'll do it after. It was Broadway trivia. Show tune like, trivia. Look, I love trivia. Yeah. I'm late to the Broadway game. So I have very little knowledge, but for the ones that were musicals of movies, you were great in that category. That one, you know, when I did okay, I was helpful a little bit, mm-hmm. but mostly I listened to the host and then I would look up the answers while while you were playing but not say anything because i don't want to cheat but then after as soon as you submitted i would reveal what we got right and what we didn't because i was like there's nothing to be gained i'm not gonna wait for him to read it out what i really should have done then is pretended to send it and then you tell me the answers and i'm like and (laughs) thank you and then hit send (laughs) but that is one thing that i love about bar trivia and we've talked about bar trivia on the show before you know i love it sure and i love that Cheating in bar trivia is so easy, at least in the bar setting. I don't know what people are doing in their own homes when the game is over Twitch. Yeah. But people don't cheat because if you're there for money, like the money on any given night is like, you know, $25 bar tab. It's not like they're giving away giant mega prizes. So it really is just everyone is playing for love of the game. And I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. The point is to see what you know. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you. That's what people want to know. Our host tonight of this particular bar trivia, he knows his musicals so much that the thing opened with an opening number. And I thought, okay, that's cute. This Twitch stream, they're doing it. They're going to do a big Broadway opening. And then he did another opening number. And by his actual third opening number, I was like, I get it. You like musicals. Let's just get on with the thing. Now, for all I know, this guy Mm -hmm. listens to the show and is a huge fan. And we got this. Yeah. I have no problem with this dude. I think he's great. Yeah. I want to start with thank you for your service. I'm so glad that you are doing this. And uh, it's like it, it was great to have that feel of bar trivia. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, the part of bar trivia none of us like <laughs> is the that vamping. wait. It's the vamping. <laughs> and like you submit everything and you just want to know. You want to get to the part where you're answering questions. Not that yeah. like I, if I'm there with friends, I enjoy spending time with them. But I am competitive mm-hmm. and I am there like we could all just go sit in a room and talk. That's fine too. <laughs> but we're there to play trivia. Let's play trivia. Yeah. That's why Jeopardy is so great. Yeah. Because uh, you know what Alex Trebek needs to keep it moving? Good. Go. Yes. Make a selection. Go. Exactly. Good. Done. He keeps yeah, it moving, man. All the man. best ones. All the best ones keep it moving. And I know, look, as someone who produces and directs a trivia show and has been doing that for over two years, I recognize 
First of all, I know that the people who are playing do not want to hear anybody talk unless it is a question <laughs> or reveal of the answer. But sometimes you have to. Oh, I've played your app. trivia game and yeah. thought, shut up, Hal. Just give me the questions. <laughs> but part of, like, I recognize part of that is the scores have to be tabulated. In the case of an app, you have to wait until you're able to push a question again. But bar trivia is interminable because everything is like counted by abacus and it takes yeah. forever because there are a ton of teams. Sometimes that's the suspense, but at home in like a digital setting, you're like, this should be faster. Yeah. No. I'm submitting all this via Google. Yeah, we're we're submitting. Form. Basically, we're turning in papers. It's not like I, a form that we're filling out online. It's not like an online quiz. We are filling out a. We're mailing a. We are emailing a PDF, basically. That's right. Um, but I love it. It's a lot of fun, and you know, look, we, we take what we can get at this point, right? Yeah. I'll do more. I'll do another one. I won't do the supernatural one because I won't know it at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do anything. themed ones. Do they do it every week? They do it every night because there's what? a bunch of them. Oh, maybe we'll play tomorrow night. Is yeah. it always at seven? Our time? Uh, I'm not sure. The time of our Lord? The d- <laughs> yes. Is it always at seven? Uh, UTC, time Universal Time Code, 7 p.m. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not Greenwich. Me. Oh, man. I used to love late nights. So when I first moved out here, I lived up near Sunset and Western. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, Park, who I met at Groundlings, Sure. In Playa del Rey, which is what sent me down to that beach area. Cause I would go down there every day. I mm-hmm. lived in a not great neighborhood going to a really nice, like suburban neighborhood, but I would go there, hang out all day. And then I would drive back at like one in the morning and like you had a reverse morning, commute. I had a reverse commute. And at that time, when you put on NPR, you get the BBC news. Oh yeah. And you get the, it's, it's one o'clock Greenwich mean. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to be in Greenwich one. And I want to hear the football scores where it's two to nil. Yeah. <laughs> what was the joke on uh, on uh, Sports Night? One nothing, one nothing, one nothing. And in a stunning offensive game, two nothing. Here's an idea, guys. Make the nets bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So it's whenever I think of times, I think Greenwich mean. Uh, I do love their BBC voices, like mm-hmm. that specific BBC, it, not only because they're gentle and soothing most of the time, as all British voices are. I just want to listen mm-hmm. to I just want British people to tell me everything I need to hear in a day. In fact, Hal, could you hire a British person then just whisper everything into their ear and then have them say it? Yeah, that's a great, great idea. Hold great. on, let me get him. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hi. Well, look at you and your tweed. It's one o'clock. Greenwich Mean. And now we will discuss John Wick, The Accountant, and Jason Bourne. Suggested by J. Ferguson. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Ferguson. He's using the liquid U. Nigel. Nigel, please. Sorry, I'm back. He's great, man. That guy, Nigel, is really fun. He's great, but he's too expensive. That was a sampler. And then oh, he I've told got- me the price off camera, and I fired him. Oh, dude, no, you got to go for the cheaper guy. Hang on. Let me get you my guy. Okay, okay, great. Hey, Reg. Reg. Oi, what is it? Oh. What are we doing then? Oh. What, we're talking about John Wick? Right. Oh, you like it because my voice is so soothing. Oh, yeah. I can't. Um, Can I talk to Mark for a quick second? I just have to ask him something private. Right, sure. Oi, Mark, get back over here, will you? Yeah. All right, Reg. Hey, what's up, bud? He's really bad. You have to fire him. I don't know. I thought his voice was gentler when I heard it, but we were both super hammered. Yeah, his voice sounds like burnt toast. (laughs) It's grating and it's painful and it's hot. It's so hot, but not like hot. Right. Not like John Wick, Jason Bourne, and the accountant hot. And the accountant. I have to say, Uh uh-huh. John Wick versus Jason Bourne would make sense. Jason sure. Bourne versus James Bond. J- Jason Bourne versus almost any spy or Ethan Hunt might make sense. Yeah. But to throw <laughs> the accountant in there. <laughs> this was That's why this kind of is a wonderful question because it's one <laughs> semi-obscure one. He's not super obscure. It was still a big movie. Did it do well? I don't know. I don't know I that don't... it did. I don't know that it did particularly well. For I don't those who don't. Was... Yeah. Tell people who that is. For those who don't they know don't the accountant, know. the accountant was uh, – see, can you find out if there was source material for it? I'm going to find out. Go ahead. The accountant was a 2016 film. Yes. Much in the same way that Matt Damon played Jason Bourne, his former partner, Ben Affleck, played 
his version of Jason Bourne, who is an autistic accountant mm-hmm. with insane military skills that he acquired from his father and put into use as a private accountant slash fixer for assorted baddies throughout the years. That said, like, I mean, it's very, very Jason Bourne and it's kind of you could you would think that it could be a pretty generic sort of lone man with a gun with insane skills action movie but it's a really fun script and it like his autism is an interesting take on it because not only does it give him the skills to be an expert accountant it gives him uh, an interesting way of dealing with people in the movie, specifically uh, Anna Kendrick, who plays opposite him. And also, whatever his particular uh, version of autism is, the plot sort of launches off from there with uh, the fact that he can't leave anything left undone. That's right. And he's a math savant. That's part of what makes him such yeah, a good accountant. That's uh, his deal. And And because he can't leave anything unfinished... When everyone is saying, walk away, walk away, it's too deep, walk away. Of course, this guy is not going to walk away. He's going to go super deep in and we're going to get two hours and eight minutes of Matt Damon or of uh, Ben Affleck. I'm going to do that a lot in this episode. Matt Damon. Shooting a lot of people point blank in the head with a silencer. That's right. Even though he has a uh, an Airstream full of all sorts of guns yes. locked in a storage unit, he pretty right. much just shoots people in the head with a nine millimeter with a silencer on it constantly well you know you don't need a sledgehammer when a screwdriver will do (laughs) this movie is not based on anything it did make double what it cost it cost about 44 million it made about 86 million okay domestic about 155 million worldwide so it was not a money loser but it was Mm -hmm. certainly not the beginning of a franchise right the way they do set the story up in that way look it could continue Ben Affleck also seems like and we were talking about this. I think the text conversation was interesting. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is one of those guys who I think gets personal issues aside, mm-hmm. of which there are many. Just looking at his career, I think the things that people call out as like he's really bad are Gili mm-hmm. and Reindeer Games. Reindeer Games isn't terrible. Reindeer Games is just sort of run of the mill. Right. Gili is awful. Yeah. But it is hard to find any actor that you love that has not been in at least one terrible film. He also has an Oscar. He has two different Oscars, one mm-hmm. for Best Picture, one for Best Screenplay. Yeah. And and when and even with Gigli being the terrible movie that it was, yeah. he has a sense of humor about it. He went on uh, late night talk shows with a like cutout or printed versions of all of the terrible reviews. And he just sat there and read them aloud. Yeah. yeah. I, he definitely is self-aware. I also – will argue, and mm-hmm. happy to talk to anybody about this, that I really like his take on Batman and his version of Batman, even mm-hmm. though I don't like either of the movies in which that character appears. I thought that he played a very good Batman, considering that the hand he was dealt. I would have loved to, to have seen what his interpretation of that character is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not particularly looking forward to the 29-hour Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. I'll certainly watch it because mm-hmm. why not? I'm kind of a completist about that stuff. But I think he's better than he gets credit for and quietly has put together. I really like The Way Back, which doesn't really get talked about and is yeah. probably more personal to him as a recovering and struggling alcoholic than anything else he's ever done. I think you saying that he's done it quietly is an interesting way of putting it because I think that might be part of his not getting as much street cred as he deserves is because as a, you know, he's, he's a brilliant writer directed Argo brilliantly. I thought he's mm-hmm. done a lot of great work as an actor. I don't think he's bad. I think he's a very good actor, but he is a yeah. very understated actor. Like Matt Damon is, and, and I know it's, of course, this is just going to be a constant comparison of Matt Damon to Ben Affleck throughout this episode, which is really Keanu thrown him. in there. Is uh, what, yeah. Which is really what hurts him the most, I think. Yeah, because Matt Damon is such a dynamic actor. He does lots of things. He's got emotional swings. I'm thinking now back to the very beginning when the first time I saw him in Courage Under Fire, when I was like, oh my God, who is this actor? He's amazing. Yeah. Ben Affleck's style is he basically has one facial expression. He doesn't veer from Matt Damon will go ones and tens Mm -hmm. and Ben Affleck stays at fours and sixes. But he's very much it seems of that like Atlantic Theater Company acting style of nope, just 
complete your objective. Your job as an actor is complete your objective. Right. You can't play an emotion. You can only play your objective. And that weirdly makes him kind of perfectly suited to play the accountant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a fascinating movie. And it's very well done. And I'm glad that we've said all these nice things about Ben Affleck because there's <laughs> no way on earth yeah. that that character can hold up to yeah. two guys who have between them seven films yeah. in which they have appeared and more on the way mm-hmm. for at least one, if not both, at some point. So the accountant is very good. Jay Ferguson mm-hmm. is very interesting to include him. If you're trying to bait us into having – a Ben Affleck praise session. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yeah. I say, I'm, a, yes. I'm a fan. I like Ben Affleck. Yeah, he's great. And this movie does have some great things going for it. You know, he's got an interesting backstory. The storytelling style is great yeah. because he's a man of so few words. You don't, he doesn't really have any big monologues about his history. It's every time he falls asleep in the movie. Uh, his dreams are all of his past. So mm-hmm. he'll lie down on a bed. You'll see a flashback scene that gives you some insight into his life. And then you'll see the next scene in the movie and the storytelling style is great. It's, yeah, it's a really fun movie. I think his version of M or money, penny or Q all rolled into one person mm-hmm. is a really, really fun sidekick for him. The reveal of that character is a blast. I think his villain, like the person they set up to be his nemesis is a lot of fun and yes. there's fun history there, mm-hmm. but yeah, come on, man. He's got the one movie. We don't even know his real name. That's right. We never know his name. That's part of it. Yeah, I don't think um even Jack Reacher would have made maybe more sense as a guy. <laughs> Just thinking of to a be guy on this who's list. an analog. Now, John Wick, I see sort of the bridge, right, in the evolutionary mm-hmm. scale. You have John Wick and the accountant are sort of one end of the scale, right, where they're, mm-hmm. they are people who do the wrong thing or mm-hmm. have done the wrong thing for a living that wind up doing the right thing. Yeah. Or at least they're victims – are mm-hmm. bad people. Right. As opposed to, to Jason Bourne, who is, is an ex-military who volunteered for the Treadstone program, mm-hmm. who lost his, was a trained assassin, who you assume was maybe doing it for the right reasons, who was a yeah. victim of memory loss, and then they're trying to kill him. Not a victim of memory loss, asset. victim of memory theft. Right. Yeah. But also he has amnesia. He doesn't right. even remember being a spy in the first film. He has an, he goes overboard and right. loses his memory, but you find out over the course of it that the, what mm-hmm. was taken from him by Treadstone and by uh, Brian Cox. And that original trilogy, I mean, legacy born legacy is a lot of fun. Yes. Well, that was the only other one, right? And then there was just one called Jason Bourne. The, yeah. His, yeah. It's the born identity, the born, born legacy and the born supremacy are the, are the three No, born trilogy. identity, supremacy and ultimatum. Ultimatum. Oh, is Legacy right. the one with Jeremy Legacy's Renner? the Jeremy Renner one. Right. Okay. And then Jason Bourne was not, that was a, dis- I didn't enjoy that one as much. Yeah. It was the Rocky Balboa of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Of this these. is, we're, if we're right now, the tail of the tape we're doing is the accountant is out. Mm-hmm. Is, Good job, the is, accountant. We'll see you later. Great job, the accountant. And, I would and love it to have a sequel. Watching. It's a fun movie. I might rewatch it tonight before I go to sleep. Who knows? Yeah. You know, Jennifer and I have, uh, so we've been watching through Friends. When, like uh-huh. season six. We've done that before. I've seen Friends all the way through mm-hmm. who knows how many times. But I keep having this yearning. I've had it for the last couple of years. And so the text you sent me the other night was perfect, was Cheers. I really yeah. wanted to watch Cheers. Man, I'd never – I'd like caught episodes growing up when it was on. Oh. But it was never one that I watched from beginning to end. And the first episode of Cheers – it sets it up so beautifully. It's like watching act one of a really, really great fun play. Yes. It they is, never leave the bar. Is the best pilot in the history. Maybe of all time. Yeah. And it hits the ground running and doesn't stop. Where I think we're five episodes in and it's like, oh, this each one is perfect. Yeah. And I, you want to sit and watch it like, oh, but anyway, if, if we're talking – all yeah. this to say, if we're talking about the tale of the tape of John Wick versus Jason Bourne and you want to go with quality movies, it's they're mm-hmm. tied at three apiece. The original Bourne trilogy is very good. The John Wick movies are not only very good but get better as you go forward in them. I have yet to see John Wick 3. It did release, right? It came out right yes. before the lockdown? It was, oh, it was out uh, last year. Oh, it was last year? I think it was last year it came out. 
Oh, I just remember that uh, season one of Blood and Treasure, we were chasing John Wick around the world <laughs> because we got to every location right after they left, which is fun. Yeah, that's a lot of bodies to clean up. Yeah, I know. Right. So much blood. That's a crazy thing about these movies. Bourne has had five movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Wick has had. Oh, no, no, no. This is just in the first three. Sorry. This is just of the first original trilogy. Yes. Uh, Jason Bourne kills 22 people. Yes. In his three movies, John Wick kills 299. Yes, he does. It is. I mean, at a certain point, there's that one shot that just looks like a side scroller video game. (laughs) That crazy side scroller shot is absolutely brilliant. What's great about those movies is they are directed by the guy who was the stunt coordinator or one of the stunt coordinators, I think, for The Matrix. Somebody Mm -hmm. that Keanu Reeves has known for a while. And Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves is another guy. Like people love to make fun of him. Number mm-hmm. one, like squeaky clean. Look at every picture of him posing with women, and he does the thing where it looks like he's got his arm around them, but his, he's actually holding his hands out behind them, so he makes no physical contact. Yeah. Then look at his movies. Look at his career on the whole. He's had a great career with he's a lot brilliant. of. Like it's no mistake yeah. how good his how good all of his movies are. He has very few bad movies. Yeah, he's great. He's brilliant at picking the movies. And also, he's excellent in them. Great cameo in Always Be My Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. One of my favorite all-time cameos. On Colbert, he had one of my favorite lines I've ever heard in response to a very difficult question. Do you remember this? Tell me. Colbert asked him, he said, what do you think happens when we die? And Keanu paused for a second, and his response was, those who love us miss us. And I was like, yeah, that's like, of course, that's the Zen master Keanu Reeves's response. Yep. And then at the same time, he's been like one of the driving forces behind getting the third Bill and Ted movie made. Yeah. I love making those movies so much. Because they're just fun. Which are great movies. And he's great in parenthood. Like, since he was starting out, he's made incredibly smart choices. Mm -hmm. Like, you you can't look back and say, well, this is a fluke. He's dumb. He's obviously super intelligent. Dude did Hamlet in Canada. And he's great at what he does. Like, he knows what he does well and just, like, hits it hard. And he's so good at it. I'm blown away by him. On the other side, Matt Damon, not to take him out of it, what I love about Matt Damon as an actor, what I've always loved, and the reason why he stands out to me so much is everything he's doing as an audience member watching him makes sense and feels mm-hmm. feels real to the point where when you get a close-up of him and he's just looking at a, around a room you can see like the wheels turning in mm-hmm. the, there's like an odd emotional logic to him yeah that just attaches you to every single thing that he does including that farrelly brothers movie stuck on you which is like oddly rewatchable for as as <laughs> weird like it is not their best movie by yeah. a long shot but he and Greg Kinnear both like he's so good at it because he's so on. He, like he can't help but be honest yeah. in every single thing that he does, and that pluses any role that he takes. That's part of what makes this movie so great. Well, Jason Bourne becomes such an ident like John Wick is hard to identify with. He's an right. assassin. Yes, the way that the story has to get you to identify with John Wick is something that uh, uh, any human being would go postal on and that's they kill his dog yes jason boyd like in order to root for the character of john wick in the first movie the reason we care about him is something horrible has happened on screen so we've been forced to root not that we wouldn't root for keanu reeves but this character to root for this guy something like that has to happen for us to root for Jason Bourne, it's inherent from the beginning. It's his whole, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's happening. I am confused. I am helpless. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I have crazy skills off and running. Yeah. Yeah. I think Matt Damon's a better actor than Keanu Reeves is. I think Keanu Reeves is a great actor, but I think Matt Damon's one of the all time. He actually, uh, at work, we obviously sit and talk about movies a lot and favorite things and whatnot. And uh, my boss one day was talking about the movie Pearl Harbor and was not a fan of Josh Hartnett in that movie. And he said a phrase that made me laugh very hard, which was, "Um, oh, yeah, man, I don't know about that Hartnett. Should have paid the extra and gotten Matt Damon. Like the idea that Matt Damon is the luxury car. 
So like now when I think of a bad performance or a performance that isn't quite as great in a movie that needed a great performance, I think should have sprung for Damon. Sometimes, first of all, Pearl Harbor is that I don't enjoy that movie. It's so it's so on the nose. Yeah, I, yeah. I but also in defense of Josh Hartnett, his movie uh, 40 Days, 40 Nights, where he mm-hmm. gives up sex. Is he's really good at that? Yeah. Look, I'm not not again. I'm not. Dude, I don't want to. Dude not, has skills. This is just a love fest on some actors. This whole episode. That's so. what I love about it. Let's talk about the stuff we love <laughs> now. Because a lot of the you know we talk about best. We look. We all have opinions. Sure. I'm I'm as guilty of it as anybody. But I I like that we're talking about two guys. Really, three movie characters that we mm-hmm. we both like, which makes yeah. this a good topic. And now that we have it down to two, what would be the criteria for selecting between them? Because they have different body counts. There's a different style to each movie, even though there there are maybe some similarities that we can talk about. But how would you choose? I'd say we can look at criteria. I think that we can find criteria that go across, that we can compare and contrast. I think we can look at their liabilities and assets. I think we can look at who their enemies are in the movies and how they deal with them. I think the big one, I think, though, is the liabilities and assets. Do you want to talk about signature action pieces? Like, uh, oh, like, take, like well, here's signature. the que- here's my question. Are we trying to figure out which is the best film series or are we talking about the character? I think we're talking about the character, but by extension, we're talking about the film series. True. So that's like the the, right? the side scrolling death assault of John Wick versus the insane jump from a second story window or a third story window to a second story window of the opposite building of Jason Bourne. Yeah, there, I yeah, yes, that's those movies doing two different things and not just those characters. Absolutely, but I think, one yeah, is arguably the, the greatest camera work of a decade. You're talking about Bourne. Yeah, are you talking about what that jump through the window when the cameraman follows him? Yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, that is for a steady cam guy to run and jump beyond cables and run and jump out a window following Matt Damon as he jumps into uh, an adjacent window. That's it is spectacular. The stunt work in those movies. Okay. So yeah, let, I think we should look at stunt mm-hmm. work. So it'll be stunt work. That's one assets mm-hmm. and liabilities. You can look at as the characters too. I mean, do you want to talk about their arcs as characters? Cause one, John Wick's not done yet. Yeah, John, that's, that's, it's tough because I've, I haven't seen the third John Wick movie. I've only seen the first two. Well, the, th- the third one has what I think will win. All right. So here's my impression when we talk about action sequences that the, in mm-hmm. the Bourne films, they're all very good. I don't know that I could say off the top of my head that they build, like, if you thought one was crazy, two gets even more insane. Mm-hmm. And then three gets more. It doesn't, I would either say suffer or utilize that Mission Impossible trope where right. all right this time he's doing this now he's gonna hang out of a moving plane now right. he's gonna climb the burj khalifa like doesn't have that john wick and i think i think it's a somewhat a logical progression because the first one is insane mm-hmm. then the second one is all right now you're already used to a world where insane things happen we're gonna kick it up a level right then by the time you get to three and this isn't I, this is in the first i think 15 20 minutes of the movie he has a fight in a stable where he's using the horses as weapons, by like slapping <laughs> on the back so that they kick people. Like there is horse riding, but there's a lot of like I'm gonna hide behind the horse, I'm gonna use it to kick you, then I'm gonna make him turn around and kick you. I'm gonna I'm gonna run from. But at the end of two, so the John Wick movies happen over the course. Uh, each one is like a, a day or two, so it's mm-hmm. continuous. It, they pick up the end of two. There's a hit. He's broken the code by killing someone on neutral ground. Right. Now there's a contract out on him and it's open season. He gets like, I think like a 15, 20 minute head start, whatever it is. So the, in the third movie, that time is up and he's on the run and he goes into like a gun. He has to like assemble guns. He goes mm-hmm. into like an antique gun shop. He's got to assemble guns. So he has weapons. <laughs> he has no weapons on him. That's one thing that I think if we're looking at these as movies, and not just as characters. One yeah. thing that I think, and this becomes, I guess, the argument to have for this part of it is they're so very, very different uh, in the way that Paul Greengrass directs uh, the Bourne movies. I don't know if he did all three of the first ones. Doug or, Lyman did the first one. Doug Lyman did the Greengrass first one. took over. But there is a handheld immediacy to them. 
Yes. He only kills 22 people in three movies. Every kill means something. He has, uh, it's a lot more of his point of view of a person who is, uh, not completely the most, uh, the highest status, most in control person. In a John Wick movie, you know, John Wick, if there's a room with a hundred people in it, he's going to kill all of them and he's barely going to break a sweat doing it until a car appears. But also the, even, <laughs> even the camera work in those movies, like in the Bourne movies, it close ups, it's shaky, it's in your face. In the Wick movies, it's slick, it's cranes and motion and dot. You know what I mean? It, they're just vastly slicker movies. So I wonder if that's, we have to pick between those as a criteria in this instance, I think. Well, I can't wait. Thing. I don't think we can both just say that both are great. I think we have to pick. I, yeah, I agree. One of those has to edge. Here's the distinct difference to me. Mm-hmm. John Wick is about a man who's constantly on on the offensive. Mm-hmm. He's out to seek revenge on the people who yeah. who killed his dog and tried to rob him. He's out. He's out to foil the guy who's forcing him in the second one to pay a blood debt. Mm-hmm. So he he figures out a way to to he's in control constantly mm-hmm. of of even when he is out of control he's figuring out a way to get the upper hand and he's more often than not on the attack and on the offensive to get things done he's very proactive jason Bourne is mm-hmm. constantly on the run yeah and, and he has incomplete information most of the time so he's trying to figure out things as he goes when he does have information and he's using his skills like when he's evading someone or when he's when he's doing an information exchange he's mm-hmm. always a step ahead so it's not he's not incompetent but he's running. So mm-hmm. he's not looking to kill people. Right. He will only get somebody if they engage him first. And it's not like an underworld full of assassins. It's this program that has a certain number of assets and those people are after him. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's the police and local authorities. He knows who he has to kill and who he, who he can just lose. Right. And, and so it's, that's completely different. I, I like the style of the way they shoot Jason Bourne because it lets you know how fast and efficient he is. If the handheld sometimes gets to me because I want to see what's happening a little bit more. Right. So it's, in some ways I prefer John Wick. I also like the way in John Wick that it subverts every other action film in that once he gets into a fight with someone and kills them, they're not coming back because he'll shoot them in the chest and then he shoots them in the head. So mm-hmm. they are always, he always makes sure everybody is dead. Which is kind of refreshing. <laughs> like anybody who survives is because he lets them go. Mm-hmm. Do you think though this – it's funny you brought that up. Do you think that there is a – they're both the protagonist of their story. Is there a moral superiority in Jason Bourne? Because it seems like while Jason Bourne is on the defensive and wants to protect the good, John Wick's whole thing is he wants to hurt the bad. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like what he's doing. Jason Bourne wants to be a good guy. Yes. John Wick wants to hurt bad guys. Yes. And he's operating. John Wick is operating in a parallel universe mm-hmm. to ours. So we're going about our every day. You go in the subway and you pass a homeless guy and you're like, oh, that's a shame. Maybe you give him some money. But he's actually part of a whole army of homeless people who are reports to Lawrence Fishburne that right. he would know about these, this weird coin currency. That they have like nothing is Mm -hmm. barely anything is recognizable to us in that it's like this weird parallel. It's just the whole world. You don't even know. It's a comic book. It's Wakanda. It's like here are a bunch of details that you don't have to understand. You've been in a society. It's just a different one. Right. Jason Bourne is going to the U.S. Embassy in Paris and he's go like he has to go to all of these real world places and there just are hidden dangers everywhere Mm -hmm. that he's the only one who's aware of it because – He's Jason Bourne. He's highly trained, whether he remembers that or not. But he's interacting. He's more likely going to be running from local authorities than John Wick will be because John Wick somehow runs through a library, like kills guys in a library or a shopping mall or wherever, and the cops aren't chasing him. (laughs) It's a completely different world. So one is much more grounded in – it's supposed to ground us in the real world and like this, this maybe could happen. Whereas the other one is pure fantasy. It is like a video yeah. game from the way it's shot to the way it's choreographed to every single thing about it, even right down to the dialogue that everybody has around him. Yeah. Is made to put you in a fantasy world. So do you prefer 
and even if you get down to who they're killing and why, do you mm-hmm. prefer the good boy or the bad boy? And that's I don't know if, who gets the point, right? I think it's well, I think it's who's the relatable one. And to me, I think like as a character goes, if an audience is going to root for a protagonist, I think this one is Jason Bourne all the way. Right, because you don't have to kill a dog to make him Yeah, to make to make John Wick sympathetic, you have to kill his dog. Jason Bourne starts the movie exactly where we do. We don't know what's going on either. You know what I mean? Right, as opposed to like you robbed the boogeyman. Yeah. He was finally gone, and now you woke him up. You're all going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I think that I just find Jason Bourne the more compelling character for as slick okay. and fun as the John Wick movies are. But let's talk about them as people who do their job. Let's see who is better at their job. We, I've, I've, made, I've got a list I've compiled of uh, assets and liabilities yeah. for each. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we go into all this, uh huh. why don't we take a break? Let's take a quick break. Now that we've discussed everything, now mm-hmm. we can get down to it. We'll set up our lists and and we'll make our decision. How's that? Sounds great. All right. We'll be back. Listen to all this cool stuff happening on this network, for goodness sakes. One, two, one, two, three, five. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor and I'm a medical enthusiast and we create... Okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately we do a lot of modern fake medicine because everything's a disaster. But it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday right here on MaximumFun.org as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling... My dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a Flobie, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. All right. All right. Let's dive into their assets and liabilities. For those who are just joining us, why are you just joining us now? (laughs) It's not like we're live on the air somewhere and you just got in your car. You could start this from the beginning. But also congratulations on starting this podcast and then scrubbing along the timeline to the exact point where we came back from a break. Yeah, well done. Because we don't do it at the same time often. It's not like we, no. we're not looking at a timer here. I just looked up at the clock. It was like, oh, we've been going for a while. So we should take a break. Yeah. It's not like when I'm watching Jeopardy at home and I know that as soon as they go to that first commercial, if I fast forward to 15 minutes, then it, I, I'm exactly at the point where they start asking the answers again. Yeah. As opposed to hearing the individual stories, which I'm sure are lovely. Don't care. Just give me questions. As we discussed earlier, trivia style. Sure. All right. Jason Bourne. Let's talk about his assets. Okay. He knows a bunch of languages. He has uh, many different identities. Mm-hmm. He is well-versed and brilliant in hand-to-hand combat. He can use any weapons or tech and always seems to know exactly what to do with them. Yep. Evasive driving, special tactics. Excellent, excellent evasive driver. Spycraft. His, uh, his big liability is his memory loss is that he spends the bulk of three movies not knowing exactly what Treadstone is, what they've done. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit of a cheat because Jason Bourne did get many of his skills through Treadstone, through that program. Right. Almost Captain America Super Soldier Serum style, Mm -hmm. which is my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album. (laughs) And yeah, that uh, that is Jason Bourne in a nutshell. Now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going through these and then we can break it down a little further. Let's talk about John Wick's assets. He is also incredibly proficient in hand to hand combat, particularly groin kicks and neck breaks. A lot of groin kicks and neck breaks. But his main thing is he is a crack shot 
He is great with any and all guns. He is lightning fast with them and impossibly precise. Yes. And as an, his body count is just through the roof in these movies. Yeah. His one liability is, as pointed out many times on the internet and in, in uh, researching this, and it made me laugh every time I thought about it. Uh, his main liability is he does not hear cars. He keeps getting, he's like Wiley Coyote. If he's looking to the left of the frame, from the right of the frame, a car is going to come in and plow into him. Can I, in his defense, uh-huh. it's heavily raining most of the time. And <laughs> That's true. It's harder to hear a car. And they might be driving Priuses, which are notoriously difficult to hear. <laughs> Did they ever add that sound effect? There was actually, I thought it was actually kind of a pretty great idea. Um, there was a group of uh, hearing impaired advocates that were, that wanted, Priuses to add some sort of external sound because I hadn't thought about this. Like, yeah, so much of your life is avoiding cars by hearing them. And those whisper quiet Priuses, man, you could step into a street. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I wonder if that ever. They did. No, they did. Add, I actually know this. They did add something. If it's approaching, you mm-hmm. hear um, when either if they step on the gas or step on the brake, it's the same noise. It's I own a Prius. <laughs> Let me tell you what my miles per gallon are. Hey, let me Every ask you time. this. Yeah. When, when you see one of those new Priuses that is uh-huh. the Prius C. Yeah. Does your knowledge of linguistics make you think that that's pronounced Priush? <laughs> yes, I assume from my Eastern European heritage. Every time Priush. I see that, it's a uh, uh, Priush. I always go, where's I the think of a Bosch pair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drive the Priush. Yeah, drive Priush. He's very nice. Yeah, he uh, he keeps getting hit by cars. I mean, that's his one liability. Does he have the same assets as as Jason Bourne? As far as like, he doesn't have a ton of identities. Mm-hmm. He does but languages. Have, yes, he can speak a bunch of languages. He has mm-hmm. all the he has all those coins, right? That are stacked around. He also has connections. He has connections in a way that Jason Bourne doesn't. Jason Bourne right. acquires connections along the way. He has his uh, girlfriend. In the first film, who is gone by the second film, Julia mm-hmm. Stiles, who is a field analyst, uh, winds up helping him mm-hmm. and turning on Treadstone. And, and she does Joan like, Allen ever turn on? Joan Allen winds up turning on Treadstone too, right? I, she may. I don't remember. I think she's like the high up. I, she's such a great actor. Yeah. I think she's like the higher up that is chasing him and then eventually believes him, I think. Right. I don't remember exactly how. It's been, again, that's, you know filled my brain with so many movies and having just watched uh, the accountant, I'm like, wait, which one was that? But the advantage of not losing your memory is John Wick's got favors. He can call in from everybody in the Mm -hmm. third movie. He's got a blood oath from Halle Berry that he cashes in on. He's got the Russian mob from which he is born. He can go to them and get a favor. Mm -hmm. He's got the people at the, at the hotel who will help him. He's built just from his reputation alone. He's got tools in the field available to him. Now, a lot of that goes out the window in three because mm-hmm. he is because they put the hit out on him. Yeah, he's betrayed the law. But even then, he still finds pockets where people will help him, where they mm-hmm. have to help him. So I don't know. This the more we talk about this, uh, it really does seem like I, I went into this thinking, you know, it was a little more fifty fifty. Right. But the more we talk about this, it really is dawning on me that the Bourne movies are about a fundamentally good man who has to use his skills and his wits and his many, many assets to defeat the bad guys to save the world. Mm. And John Wick is, again, about a very adept person at his job, but it's about a bad guy who was born into the mob, turns good, and then cashes in a bunch of favors and needs help a lot more. And also, it's not necessarily that he turns good. He is the hero. Of the he's story. neutral. He's also an anti-hero. He's, yeah. He wants to – all he wants is to be left alone. He's yeah. retired. He's he not – so, yeah, he's wife. not He's not good. He's – He's at best neutral. He's, yeah. left the, he's left the world that he was in. Who knows the unspeakable things that he did mm-hmm. for his work? Whatever it was, it was terrible enough that he had to, you know, he had to get out and he just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And also, whatever it was, it was not forced upon him by Treadstone. He did it of his own free will. Well, he was born into it. Sure. 
Treadstone was more elective, mm-hmm. even if Jason Bourne was lied to to get him into the program initially, or he was led on right. to come into it, and it was different than what he expected. There's still he was elective; he wasn't born into it, and then had to find his way out. Mm-hmm. So there's something to that too, right? Yeah, that idea that he was born into this horrible world, just became the best at it and then decided to leave, was happy to never be involved again and then got pulled Mm -hmm. back in. And that set up a series of events. You know, you get robbed at random, you go kill the guys who did it. That sparks the attention of somebody who you owe a debt to. And then you try, you're trying to figure that out the whole time. And then you are driven to do something that you know, you shouldn't do. And it completely sets up – you bring this entire system you were born into against you. And then you are on the run, mm-hmm. but you're trained to kill. So yeah. that's what you do. You're not on the job anymore. You're trying to save yourself. And he's very he's a very good dog owner. He is a very Outside good dog owner. One. But I keep coming back to – for us to root for John Wick, they have to kill his dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This feels yeah. like this feels like a, uh, a a very good team made it to the national championship, but they were playing against an undefeated Alabama. Mm. That's interesting. I think that I think there's no contest. I think it's Jason Bourne. After discussing it again, and I I yeah. went into this thinking it could go either way, but the more we talk about it. I think you're right. As much as I want to sit here and go, I think John Wick's being shortchanged. I think yeah. we've given him a lot of lip service. Those movies are very good. If you, mm-hmm. unless you are sense, if you're sensitive to violence, do not watch them. No, they're like very, 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 very violent. Very I, I've violent. never, I've still never seen that scene in the first movie. Oh yeah. That it's, sets, uh, that sets it off. I knew because I, when I watched that movie, I had already been hip to what was happening. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to fast forward through this. I do not want to watch this part. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's a hard yeah, watch. It's, it is a hard watch and it gets just even like the, the violence that happens after that is real tough. Mm-hmm. That being said, if that's something that you can stomach or that's something you're okay with in a movie and you have not seen these, you should watch them. They are spectacular for what they are. They're very good. Yeah. But people of the world, it's Jason Bourne. Yeah. Jason Bourne reigns supreme. He is a good man who is driven to uncover the truth and take down a shadow government agency <laughs> yeah, in the process. And he does go through a point where he's like scared and trying to figure things out too. He has it figured out and, and is learning more too. He's going to go get these guys and shut them down. Mm-hmm. Like now he's not on the run anymore. Now he's coming for you. And the second that you try to stir him up to the surface, he's going to disappear again. You yeah. can't find him no matter what you do. Like you can't, he's always going to be a step ahead of you. He'll always get away. He'll always just like win. the accountant. Yeah. That's just like the, the real winner. <laughs> the accountant. Jason Bourne is the winner. Even when yeah. you think he's dead, he's still, you better check the bot. You know who the only person who could kill him? John Wick. That's right. John Wick. If he, shoot him in the head. If he knocked him down, he would just shoot him in the head. Exactly. He would make sure that he was dead. Wow, oh, those does. kills come so fast in those John Wick movies. The, he- what, the first time I saw – when I saw the first John Wick and he started like headshotting people to make sure they're dead, I was like, that's brilliant. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. somebody do that in these action films? That's always How that, the thing. It's is- like you shoot them in the chest and they come back. No. I don't know that I like that my podcast partner watches a movie where some guy shoots another guy in the head and his thought is why wouldn't he do that? I mean, for him, not for me. <laughs> I the only I'm gonna kill the. I we've ants in our apartment. Go go get another. your go get your silenced nine millimeter. It's from another apartment, but I have the ant trap. They're not coming to spray for another week. Oh. And I called about it two weeks ago. They come once a month. But we're watching. I'm watching these ants. Is it from trap. the other apartment? It's from other apartments. Like I, I called, this was like a couple of months ago when this quarantine started. And how are you still cleaning your counters with honey? Yeah. But that's just to make them sticky. But we had ants and then, and then they went away 
I sprayed with like vinegar, like just natural. I got these traps. And at the time we were like, we don't want anybody coming in here to spray. Like, let's just keep people out of the apartment. We'll figure it out. And then they mm-hmm. kind of went away on their own. Then they came back and they're just, the ant trap is like so small. I would bring it over. It's like full of ants. And the whole thing is like they come and get the little liquid and they take it back to the rest of the ants and then it's not doesn't go well for them, but <laughs> everywhere. And it's sickening. But it's I um to, I have to eat here. It's Jason Bourne. Aston answered. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you can't see Hal's face right now, and neither can I because he's not even looking at the camera or towards this mic. One. Hold he's on, just There's staring right at now. Ants. Hold off. People of the world, uh, for those who would like a running play-by-play of what's happening, I don't know because I can just hear him doing it. He's left the screen, and now I'm just hearing sounds from off on the side. You know, like in an old cartoon when a character would leave the frame, and then there would be crash noises. Oh, he's going to send pictures. Was this going to be of the gross ant thing? Yes. Oh, I don't want to see a bunch of dead ants in a trap. Is it a humane trap? Can you open it up and let the ants out? <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing is they go in and then they can, then they can leave. Oh, okay. They go back to their colony and then all of them go. If you know what I mean. Oh, so you are, that's diabolical. That's some John Wick action right there. That's tarot ant traps. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. Do we have a new sponsor? <laughs> this is, this show is brought to you by tarot ant traps. Oh, the yeah, John yeah, Wick of ants. Super traps. gross. Yeah. See how many ants are in there? Yeah. They didn't make right. it out. I get it. Oh. All right. Well, it's, it's Jason Bourne. People of the Our world, this topic is, clean. this, this topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or I don't even, I don't keep food out open. Everything is sealed. You can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. How do we, we, we need the ants to go away. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks of course to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and oh my God, there's a giant ant right behind you, Hal <gasps> and Mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world for giving us a chance to sit and talk about uh, clearly, uh, characters that we have a lot of fun watching on screen, all three of them. And all three of those actors are a blast to watch and we'll watch anything they're in. But yeah, thanks for giving us a chance to sit down and talk about it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Hal Lublin. I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Loveland, and don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got ants. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.